So yeah, we're going to look at a story today that is certainly familiar to me and is probably familiar to you, but I think that we will as we look at this story that Jesus told and his explanation of it, find some things there that maybe hadn't occurred to us before. So if you have your Bible with you, we're going to look at Luke chapter 8. We're going to start in verse 4. We'll have it up here on the screen so that if you want to, if you want to follow along, you can either follow along in your Bible or on your, on your Bible-enabled device, or you can just read it off the screen here. I can remember how to do this. There we go. So Luke writes, while a large crowd was gathering, people were coming to Jesus from town after town. He told this parable. A farmer went out to sow seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground. When it had come up, the plants withered because had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. And still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. And when Jesus had said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. And his disciples asked him what this parable meant. And he said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to others I speak in parables, so that those seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. But this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart, so they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. What did I do there? Ah! Can I go back one? <coughs> I guess we don't have anything on that screen. Okay, well let me read it off my tablet here. So we're at verse 14. So then the seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear. But as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. And they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. Now we often refer to this parable as the parable of the sower. I like to refer to it as the parable of the four soils. 
Because as we note in, the, as in Jesus telling the story, the sower is really an incidental character. He makes a brief appearance in one sentence at the beginning of the parable. We never hear about him again. And it's the soils that Jesus focuses on for the rest of the parable. And Jesus, interestingly enough, tells the parable to a large audience. At the beginning, we're told that a, a large crowd had gathered to hear him present this lesson. But it's only afterward, when he's alone with just his close disciples, that he explains what it means. And he tells them that there's a reason for that. That the reason that he spoke to the crowd using a parable, using a story, using a metaphor that they would have to consider and figure out. He uses a quotation from Isaiah chapter 6 in verse 9, where God warns Isaiah about the nature of the people that he was about to go and prophesy among. He said that there were people who are ever hearing but never understanding and ever seeing but never perceiving. And Jesus tells his disciples that that's the way the people were that they heard that story among. That they would hear but not really hear. They would see and not really perceive what was going on. And so he was going to share with them and them alone the explanation of the story that he had told. And so he begins the explanation by saying the seed is the word of God. Notice again that even though we often talk about this being the parable of the sower, it doesn't focus on sower at all. Sower is just, you know, he did his part, he sowed the seed, and he's, he's out of the story at that point. We never hear about him again. But the seed, which runs through the rest of the story, the seed is the word of God. And we want to think about that. Because when we think about what a seed is, and what a seed does, it's, we understand the connection that Jesus is making there. You know, when you take a seed and you look at it, you hold it in your hand and you think, well, that's just like, looks like a little rock, really. Hard to imagine that there's any life in that. And yet, if you take that seed and you, you plant it and you water it and do all of the things that are necessary for seed care, Ultimately, life erupts from it. And God's word works that same way. You know, if you look at a Bible, it's just a book. You know, you put it on the bookshelf with the rest of the books, and you stand there and you look at the bookshelf, and it just looks like any other book. And in terms of the physical object, it really isn't any different from any other book in terms of the physical object. I remember many years ago, I worked in, a, worked in a bank and we had a break room, you know, upstairs where we could go and have lunch and, and that kind of thing. One day I was eating my lunch and I brought my Bible with me and the table where I was sitting was very small and there were other people sitting there and they had stuff on the table. So I didn't have a lot of room for my lunch and the things that I had with me. So I had my Bible was sitting there and I had no other place to put 
my coffee cup. So I put my coffee cup on my Bible. And one of the other people at the table was shocked that I did that. You can't just put a coffee cup on a Bible. <laughs> and I said, you do realize that the book is just a book, right? There's nothing sacred about the paper. It's what's in the book that matters. And that's what I care about. I, I beat up the book. <laughs> but I care about what's in it. Because what's in it is the word of God. It's that seed that Jesus describes here. <coughs> and that the, the reason that Jesus focuses on the seed rather than the sower is because it's the message that's important. And not the messenger so much. Sometimes when we think about our relationship to God's word as disciples of Christ. We focus so much on ourselves as messengers that we forget that it's really the message that's important and not so much the messenger. You know, Paul, in, in writing to the church in Corinth, you know, where they had a challenge because they had had among them people who had had an opportunity to, to learn God's word from some very important teachers. Some had learned from Paul. Some had learned from Peter. Some had learned from Apollos, who was another great teacher of the day. And they would get into arguments with each other over who'd learned from who. I studied with Paul. I studied with Paul, with Peter. I studied with Apollos as though the messenger was important. And Paul wrote to them in 1 Corinthians, the third chapter of the fourth verse. He says, when one says, I follow Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, are you not just mere human beings? For what, after all, is Apollos? What is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord assigned each to his task. I planted a seed. Apollos watered it. But God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, Paul says. But only God who makes things grow. That's why Jesus doesn't focus on the sower in telling the story. He plays his role. He scatters the seed. But the story is not really about him. The story is about the message and the reaction that the message gets from those who hear that message. And that's really what the story is about. Let's see if we can get to the next slide here. There we go. So the first thing that Jesus focuses on is he said some of the seed fell on the path. And when he explains it, he says that's those who hear and then the devil comes and takes away the seed from their hearts so they may not believe. You know, when you think about, 
you know, if you threw seed on the road. Now, our roads today are mostly paved. You know, we, have, we put a hard layer of asphalt or concrete or, you know, sometimes maybe cobblestone or whatever it is on our roads. Back in the day, roads were just places that a lot of people had walked through and that the soil had been pressed down not by any kind of mechanical device but just a lot of feet going over it. But still, that's where the ground was hard. And if you threw seed on it, it wasn't going to penetrate. It was just going to lay there on the surface. And as Jesus described, people would walk on it as they walked along the path and birds would seize the opportunity to get a free meal by eating the seed that had been scattered on that hard surface. And Jesus uses that analogy to talk about people who hear the word, but it just doesn't penetrate, just doesn't get in to their heart, just lays there on the surface. And all manner of other things come along and destroy it and at any a possible effect that it would have. We all know pathway people, don't we? We all know people who've heard a lot of God's word and just have never responded in any way, shape, or form to it. It just doesn't seem to get in. They hear it, but it doesn't penetrate has no opportunity to live and grow. The world just walks on it. The birds of the world come and eat it. And it never has an effect on that person's life. We all, we all know people like that. Then Jesus talks about the, the second soil, the rocky soil, where the the, the seed falls in among the rocks and it, it grows for a little bit. But it's not able to put roots down because of all the rocks in the soil. And so it withers and dies. Jesus said that soil represents the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it springs up at first. But they have no root. They believe for a while, he said. But in the time of testing, they fall away. We all know rocky soil people, don't we? We all know people who heard the word of God and were excited about it when they heard it. Were enthusiastic about it, which is a wonderful word, by the way. The word enthusiasm literally means to be filled with God. They were enthusiastic. And then that enthusiasm didn't last. The word got in a little bit, penetrated enough to sprout, but wasn't able to put down roots and grow. You know, some of the empty seats that are here this morning were probably filled at some point with rocky soil people. People who came, heard 
God's word. We're excited about it for a while. And then we didn't see him anymore. Because that plant that sprang up didn't really take root. And it withered and died. Then Jesus talks about the seed that falls among thorns. And you can imagine that, like in the picture there, where the, the seed is able to take root and grow because the soil is enough to, to support life, but there's just so many other things growing in that soil that it just doesn't have the opportunity to expand and grow and blossom as it should. Because all of those other things that are growing in the soil just choke the life out of it. And Jesus says that represents those who hear the word. But as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries, riches, pleasures. And they do not mature. We all know thorny soil people, don't we? All know people who once had a strong faith. But man, there's so many other things in life that can distract our attention. So many other things that can pull our focus away. So many other things that can draw our energy away from the pursuit of God and His Word to the pursuit of all of the other things in life. Whether it's bad things that happen to us, Jesus talks about life's worries. We all know people who've abandoned their faith because of difficult things that happened in their life. But sometimes it's the other side. Jesus talks about riches and pleasures. Sometimes people walk away from their faith because there are just too many other things to enjoy in the world. They just don't have time for the Lord anymore. And we've all known people like that. But then there's that seed, Jesus said, that falls on good soil. That springs up and grows and matures and flourishes and as Matthew's account of the, uh, of the telling of this parable is, is that it brings forth 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold, produces bountifully. You look around this room, you see some good soil people here. People whose faith is producing 30 and 60, 100-fold by the influence that they have on the lives of others and seeing that as an encouragement to us as we think about our lives so what what do we get from this story what do we get from this metaphor about seed and soil well I want us to notice some things that all the soils have in common and the first thing I want us to notice is that the seed is the same in all four soils. 
When the seed doesn't thrive and grow, it's not the seed's fault. When the seed falls on that hard pathway and can't penetrate, it's not a failure on the part of the seed. It's not the, because bad seed fell there. And when the seed falls in the rocky soil and springs up briefly but dies, or when the seed falls in the thorny soil and it grows but it gets choked out by other things, it's not a problem with the seed. Because the same seed that fell in the good soil and produced 30 and 60 and 100 times is the very same seed that fell on the path, that fell on the rocky ground, that fell among thorns. The seed is not the problem. The problem is the soil. And I also want us to notice that all four of the soils represent people, Jesus said, who hear the word. So the problem with the soil, the problem with the seed not growing is not that people don't hear the word. That's a whole other problem. If somebody never gets the seed to begin with, that's a different story. That's a different parable. This is a parable about those who hear the word. And all four of those soils, Jesus said, represent people who hear, but who have a different response to what they hear. Now, there's, this happens to us in many things in life. You know, think about music, for example. I don't know what kind of music you like to listen to. But I know what kinds of music I like to listen to, and probably if I put my playlist alongside yours, we might find some songs in common, might find some artists that we both like. But we probably look and I look at your list and say, I don't know how you can listen to that. That stuff is terrible. <laughs> if you listen to country music. <laughs> And you would look at my classic rock playlist and say, I don't know how you can listen to that stuff. <laughs> Same thing. <coughs> because we hear things differently. You know, you listen to something and it strikes you in a particular way. I listen to something, it strikes me in a particular way. We don't always agree on the music that we hear. But the music doesn't change. The song is the same. It's just how do we react to it? How do we respond? Same thing true of God's word. All of the people represented by the soils hear the word. Hearing is not the problem. It's how we listen. How we hear. And what we do with what we hear. That makes the difference. If we hear and don't let the message penetrate, we're pathway soil. 
if we hear and get excited for a little bit, but let that excitement fade, we're rocky soil people. If we hear and let the word take root and grow, but then allow it to be choked out by other things in the world around us or the experiences of our lives, we are thorny soil people. And if we hear and allow the message to grow within us and produce, as Jesus says, through perseverance, because here's the thing. Being a good listener is not easy. Being a receptive listener is not easy. And it isn't something we can just do once. We have to continue to hear and continue to respond if we're going to be good soil. And as Jesus said, the good soil represents those who through perseverance produce a crop. It's easy to produce a crop on day one. But are you still producing a crop a year later? Or five years later? Or ten years later? There's the question. The other thing that we notice about the soils is none of the results depend on the farmer. As we've observed several times already, the farmer is out of the story at the very beginning. Jesus mentions him once, never mentions him again. We often put way too much emphasis on the farmer. And often we are far too quick to blame the farmer if the crop doesn't come in. Jesus wants to see us to see it's not about the farmer at all. And again, that's the point that Paul was making in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Doesn't matter whether he was the farmer, or Apollos was the farmer, or Peter was the farmer. Because the farmer doesn't matter. It's God and his word that matters. The farmer is not the problem with pathway soil. He didn't make it that way. The farmer is not the problem with rocky soil. He didn't have anything to do with putting those rocks in there. He didn't put the thorns in the thorny soil. And also, by the way, he didn't make the good soil good. All the farmer did was scatter the seed. The soil had to determine how it would respond. So the response is not on the farmer. The response is on the soil. But here's the thing that we often miss when we think about this particular story. Because when we think about this story, and we think about these four kinds of soil, we all want to think of ourselves as good soil people. We all look at that story and say, well, I'm glad I'm in category four. Mm -hmm. 
Glad I'm that good soil. Glad I'm not like those other folks. But here's, here's something that we often miss. We don't know how that soil got the way that it got. We don't know why the pathway soil is hard. We don't know what circumstances have happened to make that person's heart so hard that the Word of God couldn't penetrate it. I'm not saying that's an excuse, but I am saying we don't know what happened there. And sometimes we are awfully quick to judge. Well, that person's not worthwhile because they just don't want to listen. But maybe we need to consider why that person doesn't want to listen. And maybe our approach needs to be different to that person. We don't know how the rocks got in the soil of the person whose soil is rocky. We don't know what's happened in that person's life that makes it difficult for them to allow the word of God to take root. But sometimes we get real judgmental about people who give up too quickly. Because we didn't. And so maybe somehow we're better than them. And we don't know how the thorns got to grow in that thorny soil. And we don't know how, maybe we don't understand the effect of some of those things. Because it's always easy to look at somebody else's thorny soil and say, I'd never grow that stuff. While it's easy for us to miss the thorns that we've allowed to grow in our own soil and that are choking our own faith, it's easy for us to look at somebody else's life and say, well, I don't know how they could get so consumed with that and miss all of the things that are taking our focus away from where it ought to be. But the other thing that we ought to consider about the soil is that none of the soil conditions that Jesus described are necessarily permanent. Pathway soil can be softened. Sometimes it takes an excavator. Sometimes it takes a flood to soften that hard ground. But sometimes it happens. Sometimes it takes a lot of digging to get all those rocks out of the rocky soil so that the seed can grow. But it can happen. Not always, because sometimes the soil won't let it. But it does happen. 
And the thorns can be cleared from the thorny soil sometimes. Again, sometimes it takes a lot of weed killer. But sometimes it can be done. And what we sometimes miss is the fact that someone who is pathway soil today may not always be. That someone who is rocky soil today may not be tomorrow or a year from now or the next time we have an opportunity to scatter a little seed with them. The person whose life is consumed by other things today, that person who today is thorny soil, may not always be. There may be a time when they're ready to clear the field. Because what I want us to see is that yes, the response of the soil is on the soil. And it's not on the farmer. But let's not be farmers who give up too quickly. Let's not be farmers who are so quick to dismiss the pathway soil and the rocky soil and the thorny soil and, so, and say, those people just aren't worth the effort. Because I tried and failed. Because it's not about you. The farmer is not the issue. It's the word and the soil. And the word's always going to be the word. But the soil sometimes changes. And I would imagine those of us who have been in Christ for any length of time, we all know people. I know I know good brothers and sisters in Christ who at some point in their life were pathway soil. Good brothers and sisters in Christ who once were thorny soil or rocky soil, but who reached a point in their life because of whatever circumstances evolved, because of whatever change of heart or epiphany came to them, whatever allowed for a change in the relationship between the seed and the soil to happen, it happened. And the person who was pathway soil or who was rocky soil or who was thorny soil had an opportunity to become good soil. And if nobody shared the seed with them at that moment, what a loss that would be. What a tragedy it would be to dismiss the potential for good soil because you thought the soil couldn't be changed. It's not up to you to change it but it is up to you to keep trying. It is up to you to keep scattering the seed. And that doesn't mean that you continue to frustrate efforts 
on someone who at that moment is not receptive. Remember what Jesus told his disciples, if you go into a town and they don't want to receive your message that day, shake the dust off your feet and move on to the next town. But that doesn't mean you don't ever go back to that town. Because maybe today they're not ready. But they might be another time. And if you don't give them another opportunity, that's not on them. That is on you. So I want us to consider that. Soil can change. The history of agriculture demonstrates that, does it not? Don't we now, all over the world, grow crops in places that nobody ever thought you could grow anything? Absolutely. Because soil can be changed under the right conditions. And we just have to be open and prepared for that to happen. One last thought. Jesus puts a button at the end of this conversation with his disciples in the 18th verse of Luke 8. Where he says to them, therefore consider carefully how you listen. Because here's the other thing. Just as the pathway soil and the rocky soil and the thorny soil are not necessarily permanent conditions, good soil is not necessarily a permanent condition either. You can go from being good soil to being thorny or even rocky or even under some circumstances, even pathway soil. And we've all known people to whom that's happened. People who were once faithful in the Lord but allowed circumstances of their life to change their relationship with God's word and today are not the kind of soil they used to be. And if you don't think that can happen to you, take another look in the mirror, because you are not better than they, nor am I. Consider carefully how you listen. If you're good soil today, keep being good soil. If you are good soil today, continue to listen and continue to allow God's word to take root and to flourish and to grow and to produce in your life. Don't let yourself get to the point through inattention where your soil gets thorny or rocky or hard. Because just as those conditions are not permanent, neither is yours. As Jesus said, whoever has will be given more, but whoever does not have, even what they think they have will be taken from them. You may think you're good soil today. Take another look in the garden and see what's really there. If there's thorns, get them out. If there's rocks, dispose of them. Is there some hardness developing there? Better water, better dig. Because no soil condition is permanent, whether bad or good.
And that's a lesson that we can draw from this story. Let this sink in over the course of the week. Consider your relationship with God's word. What kind of listener are you? Are you a person who just hears and lets the word bounce off? Let's the word maybe spring up for a while but not take root? Let's the word be crowded out by other things in life? Or are you truly the kind of person who not only hears but listens and allows the word to grow and develop? Consider your garden this week. And if you need to make some changes in the quality of the soil, do it while you can. We're going to stand in a moment. Nathaniel's going to lead us in a song. I hope that as we've taken this very familiar story, that we've drawn maybe some new thoughts as we've taken a look at it. Let's stand and we'll sing.